From the PSIA AASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. Great guest today. We're talking with Ray Fougere of Ski Metrics, founder of or inventor of booster straps. Uh, Ray, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Oh, no problem. Now, tell us about Ski Metrics. What prompted you to start your own business and uh, what gave you the idea? Uh, what prompted me to start my own businesses is I, I really have always had businesses in the past. And um, so when I, I happened to be at that, at the time I started this, I happened to be looking for something else to start, to something else to do, because I had just gotten rid of another business. So what gave me the idea? Um, it's a long story, but in essence, I was a ski coach for a long period of time. And years ago, you used to hear the same, on the race hills, the same expression, and it's always, get forward, get forward. You could always hear the coaches yelling from, you know, the next trail over. And so, uh, me being the same one, you know, and I figured there's got to be a reason that people can't stay forward. And I also did aerospace engineering at school and worked for Boeing for a while taught school at an academy in Vermont and coached at the academy in Vermont. Okay, back to the story. So one day I was working with kids around 10 or 12, I think, and one of the, at an event, one of the kids was walking up to the starting gate, and I kind of looked at him, and he was one of my kids, which is not personal kids, but one of my coachees, and I looked at his boots, and they looked a little bit big, and I noticed as he was walking that he'd be lifting up his foot, but the boots weren't really coming off the ground, or the skis weren't really coming off the ground. And he was a really skinny kid, and the boots must have, he must have borrowed those from the next-door neighbor or something. I have no idea. But anyway, as the leg went into the boot, and then he had his race suit on, the boot cuff was about three times larger than his leg. And as he's walking, you can see his leg moving back and forth and back and forth and back and forth in the boot. And then, bingo, it hit me. The reason that kid doesn't get his skis to turn properly is because he doesn't apply pressure properly because he physically can't because the boots are too big. So that gave me the idea, well, why don't we just tighten up our little, boot, our little Velcro straps up there and I tried that out, and that seemed to work. Um, let me back up just a little bit. Um, I somehow related it to the Velcro strap to the tightness of the upper cuff of the boot. So what I did was, um, long story short, I went to the hardware store, bought a strap, put it up on the top of my boot, snugged it up really tight. I was skiing up at Stowe, and it just worked perfectly. I got good pressure response. I got the skis to arc. I got everything was working well, really well, until I hit the first water bar. And when I hit the first water bar, I was in the back seat big time because I was getting a little bit too fast, having a little too much fun. So I went down to the lodge kind of licking my wounds because I was scared. I almost hit a tree. So, um, two months later, I came up with the idea, why don't we make it elastic? That might help out with a, you know, bumping into the water bars, I did that and it worked. 
Not only did it work in that respect, but it worked in on every turn. You could feel a difference right away. As soon as you made a move, the ski started to turn. And so I'm scratching my head going, gosh, I wonder if I'm the only one that it, that happens to. So I gave it to all my friends. I, I actually made them in my kitchen. I bought a I did a lot of sailing, so I knew how to repair sails, uh, sewing sails. So I sewed up a bunch of these things in my kitchen, gave them to a bunch of friends, and everybody came back and says, hey, yeah, those things are great. And guess what? I didn't believe them. <laughs> I was afraid that they were just patronizing me. And so it took me about six months to decide, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, I guess they're not lying to me, and this might be a viable thing. So... I bought a sewing machine, put it in my kitchen, and ordered material. And oddly enough, the Internet was just starting, which was perfect, because then I could source out material where I couldn't have before. I got everything locally. I'm in Rhode Island. I got everything locally in Rhode Island. It was so bizarre. And I was looking all over the country previously for things. You know how you always assume, well, just because I want it, it can't be right next door to me. Nonetheless, I got all the material, put it together, and started selling them. Um, well, started marketing them. Let's put them that way. And the first thing I did, I went to the U.S. ski team, ski training, in, um, let's see, in Colorado at that time. Oh, it's still there in Colorado. Uh, in Colorado, and the first guy that adopted them was Bodie Miller. And it was a sort of a give and take how he wanted them exactly made his way and blah, 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 but I didn't care. You know, it still was using the technology. I also want to interject, I filed for a patent at the same time. So Bodhi started using them, and then suddenly that whole race community started using them. And, it, well, it's a two-edged sword, too, because, yeah, the race community started using them, and then the rest of the skiers started thinking, oh, that's a race product, that's not for me, that's a race product, that's not for me. But that's not true. What is true is it'll work for everybody because a racer just wants it strong, but they want the fit also. And a regular skier doesn't care that it's so strong, but they want the fit. And I make models for everybody. There's not a lot of difference in the skiing mechanics from a racer to a regular skier it's just the the racer wants it strong and quick otherwise both both genres want nice tight boots nice responsive boots and well some people will sacrifice comfort some people won't so that's how the whole business started and it just kept snowballing 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 and I worked pretty hard the first five years or so getting the thing started and getting the name out there, and um, luckily it caught on. Well, I guess it caught on because, you know, it's a useful product. And having Everybody... Bodie Miller in the product certainly wouldn't have hurt. I know I was first really exposed to them up on Mount Hood in the summer coaching, and it right. was like every kid, every skier up there had booster straps. And so I tried them out uh, teaching the following season. I loved them. And then uh, my daughter uses them, and she's uh, in the park all the time. She's always got her booster straps on. Well, yeah, see, it's everybody can benefit from them. You know, it's kind of like tires, race car tires. You know, um, 
a race car, uh, those guys might have special tires. But it's the same company that makes regular street tires, and they use that technology from the race track to apply to street tires, and it benefits the customer, benefits the user. Now, you have different... Uh... I don't know how to call it. It wouldn't be flexes, but different strengths of booster strap, don't you, for different well, both, uh, skier abilities? Well, both words describe it. Okay. Yeah, different flex, different strength. It's a, pretty much the same thing when you're talking elastic. And essentially, it's just an elastic band that you put around your boots, around your cuff. Now, tell but us about a- that, because uh, you know, boots have uh, really come out with some beefy straps now. But I hear some boot fitters say that it needs to go around the cuff to really work. Uh, Other people say, no, it needs to go around the shell. Where does it go? Well, the bottom line is attachment at the top of the upper cuff. I I do it through booster straps by having the booster strap hook up outside around the back of the boot And then I recommend it being against the tongue, against the inner liner in the front, because then it's, and you pull it tight and it's elastic, you snug it up, then you're guaranteed a tight fit. You're guaranteed response. Now, if you put the booster strap or any other strap, for that matter, totally around the shell, all you're going to do is more or less act as a buckle. And you're going to squeeze that shell a little bit more, albeit... If you use a booster strap, it'll have some give. If you don't use a booster strap, it'll have no give. And you really want some give because uh, it just doesn't work having a really, really stiff boot, particularly at the beginning of the turn. And so the booster strap mitigates some of that stiffness. And do you go ahead and keep the uh, strap that comes with the boot on and, and use them both? And the booster strap is actually that, a booster no, actually, because the strap that comes with the boot is non-elastic, the booster strap is elastic, and there's never a case you need both at the same time. So that brings up a really good point. Um, can you maybe help us out a little bit? Uh, we're dealing with, say, a first-time class and helping them get their boots on. What are some things we should think about then with someone who's new to the sport, we're strapping them into their boots, and uh, what should we be looking for there? Oh, that's a tough question. You know what? If somebody could answer that question, we'd have more than a 10% return rate in the ski industry. If that's almost impossible in the present situation of rental boots and new skiers. New skiers come along to a ski area, and they get jammed into these stiff sort of rigid things at least to them, that are always oversized because people put their feet in the boots and they say, oh, and they're not used to the tightness or other reasons. They say, oh, they don't fit. So the people in the shops, they give them big boots and they just don't fit. There's not a lot you can do with that in my mind. Um, However, you can, and I've tried this and it does work, but it takes special guidance is use a very soft strap, a power strap, and get them to feel the pressure response. It's easy, even with the big boots, it's easy to kind of get people to snow plow. But as, and now I'm a full certified instructor, 
and I have my 35-year pin. So it's fairly easy to get people into whatever you call it, snowplow, gliding wedge, I don't know what they, they call them these days, and to sort of direct themselves down a nice, easy trail or hill or whatever. The hard part is is getting them to understand the pressure response, where they push down, they bend their knees, they push down on the front of their cuff, and that makes the ski turn a little bit more. It's just so hard to get that. Now, with booster straps, a nice soft strap, you can use that, and there's a dead fit at the top of the boot. So all you have to do is get somebody starting a wedge-type turn and then put a little bit of pressure on the booster strap, even if the boot is very big, and they'll actually feel the ski turning by itself, more or less. And that's the only way I can see doing that at that level as things exist in the world today. Now, at upper levels, you know, everybody, you ever hear the anecdote, oh, my skiing took off when I bought my new boots? Probably because they bought a pair of boots that fit them. So uh, when they move up to the next pair of boots, they still need that same pressure response, that quick pressure response. And that's what most people are missing in their skiing. You watch people skiing, and that's the, well, that's the only thing that's missing, but it's only one out of three, uh, is the pressure response. And the guys that are good understand that. Well, Ray, I have really enjoyed chatting with you. Can you tell us where someone can go to get some more information about the straps and where we can uh, purchase some for ourselves? Boosterstrap.com is my website. It's in, as of September 18, it's in progress of getting upgraded. Most performance ski shops, any shop that'll sell high-performance boots will have booster straps. And the PSIA on their website will have a special link for a special pro deal that I offer the pros. And Ray, in closing, any new products or anything in the works that you have going? Oh, yeah. I do have in development and it's starting to retail. is what I call a carving clip. It does laterally what the booster strap does fore and aft. Essentially, it's a little clip that you clip on the inside of your boots and you have to run the booster strap over it and it only works with a booster strap. Once you snug it up, the little clip, it's like a tab that sticks up, it pulls the boot to the side of your leg and holds it there throughout your turn. I've been getting rave reviews about that. In fact, a lot of the PSIA people say, well, gee, it almost makes skiing too easy and it makes carving a breeze and a lot of fun. And that seems to be the way, the direction that skiing is going these days is actual carving, nice solid line in the snow behind you. And is that going to be uh, something we can see on the boosterstraps.com site as well? I'm hoping to, yes. It's not, um, I'm more of an engineer than I am a marketer, and I'm not really polished, and it doesn't look like a fancy retail item, but you'll probably be able to see it and purchase it on boosterstrap.com this winter. Well, Ray Fougere, thanks so much for joining. It's really great chatting with you. Nice chatting with you, too. From the PSI ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.